0: Open your Bibles to Psalm 66 and let's look at verse 12. I thought I was done with this series on your wealthy place, but not quite. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about your wealthy place. Psalm 66 and verse 12 uh, clearly demonstrates to us that God does have a wealthy place for us. And we've defined the word wealthy and we've talked about that this wealthy place is a place of increase... And we looked at several scriptures throughout the Word of God where the Bible talks about increase. For example, we will increase in the knowledge of God. When we wait upon Him, we can increase in strength. Amen? And because we are on the Lord's mind and He is so mindful of us all of the time, He says that He will increase us yet more and more. Now in Psalm 66 and verse 12, it says, You have caused men to ride over our heads. We've been through some things. How many of you have been through some things? With emphasis on through. We've been through fire. We've been through water. But you brought us into what kind of place? He brought us into a wealthy place. And you can't get any wealthier when he is your gold. And when he is your silver. When he is your all in all. And you love Him with all of your heart, and your mind, and your soul. And you seek Him with all of your heart. And you do your very best to obey Him in a willing manner. You can't get any wealthier than that. You know, in the natural realm, you might be struggling financially. But according to the Word of God, you are rich and you are wealthy in Him. And He's brought you into a wealthy place. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm in my wealthy place. Now, on Sunday, what we did in both services in the morning, we talked about how the God led Abram out to a place where he really hadn't, you know, any clue where he was going, but Abraham stepped out, and he says, I want you to go to this place, and I want you to head out, leave your kindred, leave your family, and then when you go, I'll show you where you're going to go. And he said, I'm going to bless you, Abram, and I'm going to make you a blessing, and you then will be a dispenser Of my blessing to other people. Now we talked about the test that Abram faced. In that he was uh, really commanded by the Lord, by God, to offer up his son Isaac. And so the Bible said that he rose up early, without delay. He wasn't tainted by, I don't think I want to do that. He told him, he says, go out, I will show you the mountain where you should offer him on. And so he went out in faith. And one of the things that Abraham said, he said, you know, the son and I will go. We will worship and we'll come back. That's a man of faith. And so when Isaac was on the altar, Isaac looked and said, the wood I see, the fire I see, my father. But where is the offering? And then thank God that ram showed up in the thicket. Aren't you glad that God always has a ram in the thicket for you? Amen. And so the name now of the place was Jehovah Jireh. It wasn't so much that his name is Jehovah-Jireh, that is one of his names, but the name of the place was Jehovah-Jireh. Abram was in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, and he came to into his wealthy place, the place where Jehovah-Jireh showed up with his provision. He saw before the need, and he connected Abraham with the supply. And you know, nothing takes God by surprise in your life. Hallelujah. Is that right? Amen. And so he knows about your need long before you know you have it. He does. And if you just stay in faith and stay in peace and stay in rest mm-hmm. and in trust, yeah. he's, working. Yeah, he's working. He's a working. He's a working. He's a working. Amen. Yeah. All right. Now, tonight now. I want to go back to one of the definitions of wealthy. Wealthy. In looking up the word wealthy in an earlier study that we did along these lines, the word wealthy there means a place of overflow. It also means a, uh, a place of saturation. And this is what I want you to meditate with me on just for a while tonight. That this place, this wealthy place, is a place where God wants to saturate you to the degree that you are just overflowing with His goodness and with His presence. Hallelujah. We can call it Christmas presents. (laughs) And I know my sweetheart did such a great job on Sunday night and talked about times of refreshing, so... I want to I just talk a little while tonight about being in His presence, staying in that wealthy place, and not allowing anything to knock you out of it. So let's look at Psalm 91. We'll look at a few verses tonight. Psalm 91 in verse 1, as you know, says this, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, it doesn't say he that occasionally drops by, but he that abides or lives in the secret place of the Most High. I'm telling you, the secret place is a part of your wealthy place, for it is in the secret place that you experience the protection of God, and that you experience the presence of God, and you experience His saturating power. Amen? And so there is this invitation that we have all day long, 24-7. We have an invitation into his glorious presence. It's an invitation for God to saturate you and to visit you and to encourage you. Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians 1-9. He said that you have been called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. That word fellowship is koinonia. Everyone say koinonia. Koinonia. And the word koinonia simply means intimate fellowship or it means close companionship. One of the top things that I have heard in the year 2014, I, I wrote down about a month ago some things that really highly impacted my life this year. And at the top of the list was a teaching that I heard by Patsy Caminetti on drawing nigh to God. And where Jesus says, he that is thirsty, let him come. Let him come. Let him come and drink. In other words, let him come and take in of me. For it is as we take in from him that we can give out of him. We can't give out of Him until we've taken in of Him. Yeah, right. And so there is this invitation into the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Come and drink. Hallelujah. Yeah. Come and drink. Yeah. And uh, so that, that really has high, highly impacted me this year. And, and sometimes, you know, as I'm going along in my day, in my week, and I haven't been drinking, <laughs> the Holy Spirit reminds me of that truth. Yeah. And he just kind of prompts me gently, not condemningly, but just prompts me gently, you know, it's time for you to draw near. It's time for you to come close. Stop thinking, Mark, and do some drinking. Yeah. You know, you can try to figure out a lot of things up here. But the Word of God does not say, trust in the Lord with all thine head. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And then lean not to thine own understanding. And then, of course, he goes on to say, in all of your ways, acknowledge him. Put him at the top of the list in your processes of decision making. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. And guess what? Not guess what? But we know what? He will direct our path. Amen? So this... Close companionship. This place of saturation is a part of your wealthy place. Um, turn over to Psalms 8 and notice verse 5 and 6. And let's look at these truths that we have uh, discovered in yesteryear and in yesterday decade. But how many of you know that faith comes by hearing? Not by having heard. For thou hast made him, talking about man, a little lower than the angels. The word angels there is Elohim, which literally means the word God. You've been made a little lower than God. You are made in his likeness and in his image. And you have crowned him with what? Glory and honor. You have crowned him with glory and honor. And he says in this context, he says, What is man that you are mindful of him? In the Son of Man that you care for Him. Who are we that He would crown us with glory and with presence? Who are we that He would have the highest regard for us? (laughs) I get happy just preaching it. And And that word crowned with glory means to encircle. But it also means to embrace with your presence. Let's just lift our hands and thank Him for His sweet embrace, His sweet crown of His presence, embraced by His presence. That's an awesome truth. When I discovered my place in His heart, His regard for me, it just made me so happy. And it made it so easy just to step into fellowship with him. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So in Hebrews 4:16, now let's look at that verse. Yeah. Hebrews, the fourth chapter in the 16th verse mm-hmm. says, Now, let us then, and I'm going to read this from the Amplify, let us then fearlessly and confidently, yeah. boldly draw near to what? To the throne of grace the throne of grace is your getting place <laughs> yeah. amen yeah. because he has such high regard for you because he loves you so much he says come on son come on daughter come on in come on up let's fellowship together so you can go to the getting place you can boldly draw near to the throne of grace Brendick shared this verse. I'll just quote it to you tonight. He says, He that cometh to me, I will not in any way or any manner or any wise cast you out. Say it with me I have a holy invitation, a holy invitation. into a glorious visitation. Whoo, glory. Amen. Saturation, Amen. visitation, Amen. manifestation, Amen. demonstration. Habitation. That's what God wants for all of you. Amen. Amen? And so he talks about this, and Paul deals with it when he talks about uh, this to the church at Corinth. He talks about the communion with the Holy Spirit, the fellowship with the Holy Spirit, just talking with the Lord all day, talking in tongues, speaking in a heavenly language. You know, as on my way to the dentist today and i was just drawn near to god in my in my car just praying in the holy ghost i had preflow a dollar on there <laughs> making some faith-filled confessions, just driving down Fremont Boulevard, Purcell Padre, declaring I am part of the body of Christ and Satan has no power over me. For greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I will fear no evil, for you are with me, Lord. Your word and your spirit comfort me. I'm far from oppression today. Glory to God. Thank God I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So just communion, just fellowship and got to the dentist office and had some time to wait before they started zzz, 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 <laughs> before they numbed me real good. <laughs> Brenda was going to go get numbed today too. She had some dental work to do and we were going to call each other numb and number. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a few minutes. She didn't have to do hers today. Yay. But I had a few minutes and just, you know, just sitting there, sitting there, In the dentist's office, just fellowshipping with the Lord. Just praying in the Holy Spirit. Not loud. Just praying in the Holy Spirit to myself. You can do the same thing. See, it's a glorious invitation into a glorious visitation. Amen? Now, I want you to look at this verse. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 8. Isaiah, actually verse 18. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18. Isaiah 30, verse 18 says, And therefore will the Lord wait, that he may be gracious to you. And uh, therefore will he be exalted, that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. Blessed are all those that wait for him. Now let me read it from the Amplified. This is awesome. It says, And therefore the Lord earnestly waits, expecting, looking, and longing to be gracious to you. Isn't that good? and therefore he lifts himself up that he may have mercy on you and show you loving kindness for lord god is a god of justice blessed happy fortunate to be envied are all those who earnestly wait for him who expect and look and long for him for his victory his favor his love his peace his joy and listen to this and his matchless unbroken companionship (laughs) he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother amen so his joy his matchless his unbroken companionship now here's what you'll find in this wealthy place you'll find a place of saturation of his presence and along with his presence comes joy I mean some real authentic joy, not worked up, but joy is a spiritual force on the inside that when it is stirred up, Mm -hmm. it'll strengthen you and it will turn your enemies to flight because they do not like a born again believer who's happy. He's (laughs) depressed, man. He wants to bring you down. He wants to depress you. He, that, that dude knows where he's heading. Yep. Oh, yeah. yep. Psalm 16 verse 11, let's look at that one. Just let the word wash you tonight. Yeah, good. This isn't new territory for us, but it's good territory. Yeah. Psalm 16:11 says, "Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence." Is fullness of turkey. Well, I guess that too. But no, number one, in thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Then quickly over to Acts 3, verse 19. Brenda read this Sunday night as well. Say it with me times of refreshing. Say it like this, seasons Seasons. of refreshing. refreshing. I believe it's a new season. season. I believe it's a season of refreshing for the body of Christ. In spite of all the stuff around us, He keeps us in a secret place, free, in a pavilion, in a shelter, if you will, from all of the trouble and all of the strife that's on the outside. Isn't that awesome? And that goes for relatives, too. Acts 3.19 says, Repent ye therefore and be changed that your sins may be blotted out, so that when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. The Amplified says, So that times of refreshing and recovering from the effects of heat. The effects of heat. The effects of heat. If you've been affected by heat, the antidote is times of refreshing. That's right. Okay? Amen. Or reviving with fresh air that come from the presence of the Lord. So say this with me. His presence yes. brings, joy brings joy and refreshing. Yes. Now, let's switch gears here just for a moment. Let's just talk about David. Now, David was a man that was mightily used of God, was he not? And the Bible calls David a man after God's own heart. Now, God does not see as man sees, but God always looks at a person's heart. Aren't you glad he does? And David, you know, he, he messed up. And we don't need to to rehearse all that David messed up in, but he messed up pretty badly. But David, when he knew that he had messed up, he turned. He turned to the Lord. You, You just read Psalms 51 sometime, and you see a man of God there with a true repentant heart. I mean, a true repentant heart. And God just used him over and over and over again. And the great psalmist of Israel, man, I'm telling you, he's out there and he's tending to the sheep before, you know, he was anointed to be king and he sought the Lord, he drew near to the Lord. Look with me at Psalms 27, verse 4 and 5 in the Amplified Version. Psalm 27, verse 4 and 5. He says, one thing have I asked of the Lord that will I seek inquire for and insistently require that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in his presence Sunday morning. All the days of my life to behold and gaze the beauty, the sweet attractiveness and delightful loveliness of the Lord and to meditate and to consider and to inquire in his temple. And then in verse five, look at this verse. Read it with me. Ready? Read, please. For in the day of trouble, he will hide me in his shelter. In the secret place of his tent will he hide me. He will set me upon a rock. This wealthy place, a place of presence, a place of protection. Amen? So David is saying, in the day of trouble. I think sometimes people that say, now that you're a Christian, your days of trouble are over, have something wrong with their head. In the world you're going to have and you're going to face some difficulties, right? But what did Jesus say? Come on, what did Jesus say? But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. I've deprived it of its power to harm you. Hallelujah. Amen. So here's what I want to work with in the balance of our time tonight. And that is this. His glory... His presence saturates us and rests on us in a difficult time and keeps us from falling apart. Good. Yeah. I see in the Word of God that He upholds all things, all things by the Word of His power. I see in the Word of God that He has a preservation plan for His people, that they be kept intact and kept whole spirit, soul, and body till he returns. Amen? You're looking at a guy that literally has been kept by God's power. I'm telling you, there's keeping power in this gospel. I'm looking at a guy in the second row right there. Right there. He's been kept. Hallelujah! You've been kept! How many others? How many others we got here tonight? How many you have been kept? How how many have been kept now? Kept by the power of God. Woo! On reserve for the last days. The mere fact that you're here tonight and you're still breathing means God's not finished with you yet. He He who began a good work in you will complete it. Until the day of Jesus Christ. Come on, is that right or is that right? Kept by the power of God. Now notice, through faith unto total salvation, total deliverance. Amen? Is that you? That's me. That's my confession. We're going to make it all the way. We're going all the way to the finish line. Amen. Amen. So let's work with this principle one more time. His glorious presence saturates us and rests, us in, rests on us in a time of difficulty. And we need to look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 now. And let's look at verse 17. First of all, in the King James Version. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And let's look at verse 17. Man, whoever's up there is quick. Who, who, who's up there tonight? Who that? Stand up up there. Who? Hey, Grace. You got to be quick when you got a name like Grace. Amen. I'm sure her husband says, Grace is sufficient for me. <laughs> hey man, Praise the Lord, do you like the idea that uh Christmas carol karaoke or is that kinda kind of stupid? Brenda didn't like it she's she's into this. Crazy ugly sweater deal, you know. So I so said, let's do them both the same night. Think we can make it happen? All right. All right. Second Corinthians chapter four, <laughs> verse seventeen. All right. You know, sometimes what we think is just so tough and so heavy, God looks at it as being light. And so if, if, if we're going to then be like God and talk like God and think like God, don't magnify the difficulty. Now, don't, don't get weird and deny that you're going through a tough time. Don't, don't, don't get strange and, and get weird that if you need medical assistance and you need medical help, you're not going to get it because you're a man of faith and power. You know, that's, that's not what we teach here. Amen? Amen. But there, there's not a lot of value in going around talking about how difficult and how heavy of a situation that you're in right now. Okay? I mean, people are compassionate and people are loving. There's nothing wrong with stating what you're in and what you need faith for and what you need agreement with. But, you know, once you pray and once you give it to the Lord and once you believe God... It will only do you harm to keep rehearsing about how bad it is. It might be bad. Am I, am I clear on Are we clear on this? I mean, it might really, really be bad, but it's not going to do you any good talking about how bad it is. It'd be better to talk about how good God is. And what God is doing in your situation now. Amen? Now, that, don't, don't misunderstand me. That's not denying that there's a difficulty or denying the problem. What it is, it's denying its right to have first place in your thinking you and in your speech and in the way that you conduct your life. Yeah. Is that is that sound good? Yeah. Okay, because there's a balance there. Sure. I want to make sure that we, we hit the balance. Because I would, didn't, don't want anybody walking out here saying, well, Pastor Mark says never talk about, you know, going through a tough time. not talking about that. No, All right, so Second Corinthians 4, verse 17. Says for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, it's momentary, it's temporary, which is but for a moment worketh for us. Now notice a far more, a far more, far more, far greater than this light affliction, which is only but for a moment. But what's coming is far more. It's exceeding, and it's an eternal weight of glory. Hallelujah. Did you know that there's, His presence can be weighty? Yes, it can. I remember one time down in Tulsa, we got prayed for by a man of God who we just you know, loved and followed for many years, and our spiritual dad, and he came and embraced us and prayed over us, and We went under the power, and it was like all night long, it's like I was wearing a coat. It was heavy. It was the glory. And so this eternal weight of glory is ours. It's yours. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. The spirit of glory. And in a difficult time, we can expect the weight of His presence from that wealthy place, from that secret place, to come into our situation and help us. This light affliction has a lifespan. It's temporary. It's subject to change. And what I think we need to declare tonight at the end of this service if you're going through that, that this lifespan is coming to an end. So light afflictions then, they are not forever. Say this with me. Behind every affliction, there's a greater glory. Greater presence. Greater than the attack. Greater than the disease. Now look at verse 17 in the Amplified Version. Let's look over there. Amplified. For our light momentary affliction, this slight distress. I like how Paul says that. It's slight. Of the passing hour. How many of you know we're not always going to be doing this forever? We're all going to be in heaven soon. Passing hour is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory beyond all measure. It's excessively surpassing all comparisons and all calculations. It's a vast transcendent glory and blessedness never to cease. Can you shout Amen? It may not feel slight. It may not feel light. But Paul is saying, I'm confident in a God who delivers. If they did a movie on the Apostle Paul, Clint Eastwood would probably make a good actor for it. Are you talking to me? Feeling lucky, punk? All right, back to Psalm 42. <laughs> Psalm 42, verse 5. And so then, we must talk to our souls. We've we got to talk to our minds sometimes. Stop thinking that way. You know? You're out of line. You're out of place. You've got a sound mind. Stop thinking negatively. Stop, stop all that. Bind all that. The Apostle, or David said in Psalm 42, verse 5, he says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Have you ever just woke up some mornings and felt a little cast down? Why are you cast down, O my inner self? And why should you moan over me and be disquieted within me? And then he starts talking. He says, Hope in God. Come on, soul. He's the glory and the lifter up of your head. Wait expectantly for him. And here's what he said. I'm going to yet praise him. My help and my God. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to worship him. In my midnight hour. And his presence is going to come. And it's going to devour the enemy. Amen. Amen? Amen. But some people never get beyond... What's wrong with my soul? They, they stay in that place. They don't talk to their soul. And they start talking a bunch of trash, really. In their, li- in their lives, you know, if it was a song, it could sound like an original country western singer. You know, they got my dog, they got my truck. You know, if you play some of those songs backward, they get their dog back, their woman back, and their truck back. There used to be a song... I gave you my heart and you stole that sucker flat. So God's working. Say it with me, God is working. Say it with me, He's at work tonight in this place. No wonder He said in verse 16, let's look at the Amplified and we'll look at the message here in a moment. God's working on something in your life tonight. Amplified version of Second uh, Corinthians four sixteen. He said, uh, "Did you have a song?" <laughs> <laughs> no. water said. Therefore, we do not become discouraged, utterless, spiritless, exhausted, and wearied out through fear. Amen. Amen. Though our outward man is progressively decaying and wasting away, yet our inner self is being what? Progressively renewed day by day. Everyone stand to your feet right now. I want to look at verse 16, grace, through verse 18 in the message translation. Are you all ready to do some shouting tonight? Amen. Let's look at this from the uh, message. This is awesome. So in a difficult time, we've got his presence. We're in the secret place of the Most High. Read it with me. So we're not given up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us on the inside, where God is making a new life, not a day goes by. Next verse. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish small potatoes.